Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favorite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove. I'm joined here by Lee Ryder. This is going to be a very short, a very quick, uh, special episode of the Everything is Black and White podcast because today is the 10th anniversary of the first relegation um, to the championship under Mike Ashley. It still sends shivers down my spine saying that because Newcastle United fans up to that point were used to at least challenging kind of top eight. Obviously, we'd had Kevin Keegan, we had Sir Boy Robson, a few... Uh, Mr. Mina's in the middle, but largely up to that point, up to that 1-0 defeat to Aston Villa, which sent Newcastle down to the Championship. Newcastle had been a stable and established Premier League side. Well, they had, and there'd been warning signs throughout that season that Newcastle were in a relegation battle, but then it, it almost crept up on them because you had that the Fulham game the week before, which they got an equaliser ruled out. Um, I can't remember. It might be an offside or, or something like that. But it was. Um, it, look, it, they couldn't get the result against Fulham, which meant they had to go to Aston Villa and get something. And unfortunately, uh, they couldn't do it. It was it was beyond them. They couldn't live up to the the pressure and the weight of expectation on the, on the shoulders. I remember the game. You know, going one nil down, and then then it was like, oh, really are in trouble now. And just watching the minutes pass by, and they were going, felt like it was going quicker than ever at the time. And Michael Owen obviously came off the bench, didn't he? And he, he couldn't get the, the goal. Um, Sholamiobi missed a couple of chances, and then the next thing, the final whistle went, and then you were just in shock, really. You were in absolute shock uh, at the time. And I remember speaking to Alan Shearer after the game, who was absolutely crestfallen. Um, we were in. It was after the main press conference, and then he went away and done a little bit with the Chronicle, and we were in a little room behind the press conference room, and he was just—you can't describe what it meant to the man. You know, this—this this is a guy who's Newcastle United through and through, and you know, he was just staring at the floor, trying to, you know, process the information what had happened. Uh, I think there was some some uh, waiter going past with like a, a tray of sandwiches which was like screeching you could hear on the tape in the background normally I think Alan Shearer would have said do you mind I'm doing an interview but on that occasion it was just, just completely went on 
around him as he was trying to describe what what this meant to Newcastle. So, yeah, horrible day, and you know, we all know what happened. Most certainly, and yet here we are, ten years later, and Newcastle are still battling for survival. Um, obviously, the situations are different. We have a no disrespect to Alan Shearer, but we have a world class manager, an experienced manager, and Alfred Benitez. We arguably have a group of players who you would probably say most pound for pound have that work ethic, have that desire to fight right until the death. Some of the players have been in that Alan Shearer side, which obviously wasn't really his side, but some of the players in that, in that squad have been labelled as lazy, didn't really have the fight about them. Um, and yet we're still in the same position. All that has changed, but we're still really just kind of looking for survival every season. I think for Alan, at the time we had eight games, I think it was to save them, it was a, an incredible challenge to take on, but somebody like Alan Shearer is big enough and brave enough to, to do it. And I don't think he realised the the players that Newcastle had. I, I think it took a good good three weeks to realise that some of these players, you know, he had a had a big challenge on on his hands in terms of like getting the right attitude. Some of these players had a bad attitude. Uh, he tried to change certain things on on players' diet, training, just simply getting the players to turn up on time. He introduced a fine system, and uh, some of them didn't like it. So there was a bit of a, a a clutch of players in the dressing room who didn't really like the changes. And not footballers don't generally like changes. So whether we try to change too much too soon, I don't know. But what what it came down to was those last two or three games, and sadly, Newcastle just were, they weren't even weren't even reeling with the shout it. I think they won one of those eight games against, so against Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Yeah, which was a, which was a great atmosphere. As I was in the stands for that, and uh, you know it was the kind of the atmosphere and the, and the buzz around the stadium when Newcastle got the win. There was a real sense that Newcastle could do it, but. Like you say, probably the fight wasn't with most of the players. Obviously, there's a few books and what have you have come out since alleging that certain players didn't want to play. I think Stephen Taylor has, has gone on the record as saying certain players just didn't want to to go out and play because they were worried about their next contract. They were out of contract in Newcastle. They were worried about the next one. I mean, it's it's a bizarre situation. Is there frustration, though, a decade later that things haven't really moved on in terms of uh, I don't want to say ambition because I'm sure it's not the ambition of the hierarchy to be battling relegation every season but in terms of just where Newcastle are generally because like said, we are still just looking out for that survival every every uh, year yeah I mean they had that that great season under Alan Pardew and nearly got the Champions League and there's been a couple a couple of seasons where they've, they've pushed in the top 10 and not done too badly but generally the last 10 years has been fighting against relegation if they haven't been in the championship already that is and it's been it's hard to watch you know it's it just makes you you know as the years go by and as you get older you, you you feel like things are slipping away almost and the opportunities are slipping away seeing Newcastle win something and I know a lot of fans uh, older than me who are in that kind of group now who you know they, they just think that this is you know, it's it's a waste of the, not a waste of the time, but it's it's a waste of an opportunity in that you know every season that comes by, you, you only really have, you've got you've got two chances to win a domestic cup, league cup, and FA cup, and Newcastle have been knocked out very early in both of them, 
on a lot of times in the Ashley era. Um, then it then it's suddenly staying up has become you know fighting for survival seems to have been the, the the goal. I try to look at it philosophically in a way because under Sir John Holm, Freddie Shepherd, Newcastle, they were one of the wealthier clubs. But the, they weren't fighting against sort of the global leaders in terms of finance. You know, Man City, Chelsea, these people have got vast amounts of money. Newcastle, what are they, what are they fighting for? They're certainly not fighting, even, even if you put 200 million into this, I don't think they would make the Champions League. They might, but I, I don't think they would. So then you're looking at top six. Well, now you've got like your Arsenal's, your Leicester's, your West Ham's, your Evans. They're all ambitious to get those places as well. Newcastle aren't doing what they, those clubs are doing. So then, then all of a sudden it's top ten. But realistically, it's it's fighting relegation year after year and getting to forty points. And uh, has Mike Ashley got the funds to to continue pu- pushing money in? He's got some money, but he's claiming that he he can't challenge. Does anyone want to buy it? There's been rumours. Obviously, you've done stuff recently um, about uh, a Mexican um, group who are looking to invest in Newcastle. The, the other, you know, Peter Kenyon's had a look. Amanda Stavely's had a look. So the, the, hopefully one day there, there is going to be a, a positive end to it. But for now, yeah, you, you're just looking to fight against um, relegation, unfortunately. I mean, it's ironic as, as well that on the, the day we record this, it's 12 years to the day since Mike Ashley bought John Hall's, Sir John Hall's steak. Mm. And I mean, that's another kind of offshoot to that. But the final question, because we, we haven't even discussed the second relegation, uh, I assume that that might come into this answer. But the final question, just to wrap it up, is has Mike Ashley learned his lesson from that first relegation? I think he's tried to. He's admitted himself he's made mistakes in the past. He said it publicly, so I, you know I don't need to to say that for him because he's he's, he's said it. Uh, I think he, he's got an opportunity. He had an opportunity under Alan Shearer to give him a put a project together for him to to try and challenge. They managed to get promoted without Alan Shearer as as it turned out, but then they didn't really kick on. They they got. They got uh, Chris Hutton in, but they didn't give him loads of money either to spend. Um, Alan Pardew, as I said, had that that season where they did do okay and everything seemed to be quite balanced. Graham Carr was doing a decent job with the scouting. Alan Pardew was getting things right. He was winning the popularity battle, um, and then after that, it just it went down it went downhill very quickly, which culminated in eventually the the next relegation after. What happened under Steve McLaren and Rafa? Not again, like Shearer, didn't have enough time to save them from relegation. Got them back up, but then you're saying have they learned? No, they, they obviously haven't because they didn't back Rafa. In the 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 first window that he had, the first full window in the summer, they did back him in terms of getting them out of the division. But that was it. After that, it's been can't do this for this reason. Can't buy him. He's too old. Can't pay him that because that's against the wage structure. So yeah, disappointing that they haven't been able to kick on, but it keeps going back to the same thing where Mike Ashley's trying to suggest he just hasn't got the money to put in. I said final question, this will be the final <laughs> question. She obviously was all set for the job. Um they had talks, he went there with a list of players that he wanted to buy. 
didn't even get a phone call to say yes, no. And obviously, like you say, Chris Hutton took over. A lot of fans are, are drawing that comparison, not maybe the phone call, because we know there's been meetings between Benitez and, and Ashley about this new deal. But there is a, a worry from fans that the same is going to happen. It's going to get drawn out. And Benitez is, isn't going to get the deal that he wants, that the fans want. I mean, that that is a big fear for, for Newcastle fans. At the minute, I don't I hope we're not at that stage that... Rafa Benitez has had his chance to say something to Ashley and that, that is the last time he'll ever see him. I hope it's not going to be like that. I'd like to think that Mike Ashley knows that if he does make a huge change this summer by changing manager, it may not go down well unless you've got someone unbelievable who's going to come in. Uh, so it's it's diff- it's difficult uh, at the minute because both parties seem to have taken a little bit of a I wouldn't say stand-up, but they, they both went away. They're both looking at the proposals that's on offer and they're just going to wait and see what happens after that. But they need to get cracking because you know other teams have already dipped in the transfer window. They're, they're, they're looking to get players lined up. There's a plan. I think Wolverhampton Wanderers actually published what their blueprint was on their website the other day. Said this, we know We're aiming high. They're in Europe. They've had a great season got one FA Cup semi-final as well so they've showed it can be done so you know it's it's a strange sensation as a Newcastle fan from when you watched Newcastle under Keegan the first time around when they went for everything they didn't, didn't win anything but what, had a good go trying and Wolves are in that same position now and now Newcastle are looking at Wolves and we are almost casting envious glances over there well, certainly we're there you have it a short and I think that's all Anyone really wants a recap of Newcastle United's relegation to the Championship back in 2019? Oh, 2009 rather. Slip of the tongue there, wasn't it? No, no, Newcastle are safe this year round. Thankfully, 2009. Um, please remember to like and subscribe on whichever podcast platform you may be listening through. Thank you very much. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.